You're listening to the Small Business Talk podcast with Kathy Smith, episode 99. Small Business Talk is a podcast for business owners and entrepreneurs who want a better way to run their businesses without spending years doing it the hard way. Small Business Talk is hosted by Kathy Smith, who has run the same marketing agency for more than 17 years help hundreds of business owners achieve their marketing goals. Happy New Year to you all. I would like to wish you all a safe, happy and stress-free holiday season and hope you had a lovely Christmas. 2020, OMG, what can we say? In episode 98, I reflected on the lessons learnt in 2020. How we all had to have a reset whether we wanted it or not and how community, compassion, sticking together and being flexible became traits that are now more important than ever. There were also many business lessons learnt too. So if you haven't listened to Small Business Talk episode 98, I'd suggest you check that out first. At this time of year, planning is really important and making sure that you have goals that you can set in place and actually work towards, no matter what circumstances become. Last year, I replayed the Small Business Talk Episode 7 with Charlotte Brown on goal setting and planning for our Christmas episode. Charlotte's tips are still just as relevant today as they were two years ago when we recorded the episode. So you might like to check that out too. Episode 7. What are your goals for 2021? Make sure that you do actually write them down, pen and paper is best if you can, and then break them down into manageable chunks so that you can follow them, action them, and actually make them happen. Another great episode on goal setting was episode 82, where we talked about rocking your fourth quarter. That would be great inspiration to rock your first quarter of 2021. With the year that was 2020, I thought for today's episode, we would replay Amy Van Mildrell's episode 37, Is Negative Self-Talk Holding Your Business Back? And it just might be. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Stop wishing for the new year to start and make it happen your way and now. It all begins with the way you talk to yourself. Next week's episode will be episode 100. I can hardly believe it. So I hope you'll be able to join us for that one as well. So enjoy. Today we are chatting with Amy Van Meel. Is negative self-talk holding your business back? Let's have some tips and find out. Welcome, Amy. Hi there. Thanks so much for having me. Okay, negative self-talk, that can be a real problem for a lot of small business people. Can you give us why you're here and how you're going to help us with it? Sure. I've been building my own small business for a number of years, and I've just launched a second business, which is focused on making business easier for other solopreneurs. And one of the things that I have been learning and practicing and really paying attention to, being aware of, was the way that I was thinking about and speaking to myself about 
especially the new business. I, I mean, I have the talk running through my head in my other business as well, but when you start something new, all the doubt pop up and come in. And I thought, wow, okay, I need to find a different way to, to move through this. Something that's, that's easy and actionable that I don't have to, you know, jump up and down 10 times holding my tongue to the roof of my mouth or something to be able to find a better way to move out of this. Yeah, that's what I want to talk about today. Just how there's a, a simple, call it a practice that I have been working on, which seems to be quite effective. And uh, yeah, I'd love to share that today. That sounds great because a lot of times, whether we make it or break it in business, it really is just our mindset, our, our self-talk. We get mm-hmm. one or two people say, what are you doing that for? And suddenly we think it's a bad idea. Whereas mm-hmm. we get a couple of people say, oh, that's cool. Let, let's go with that. And then um, we're all revved up and everything's great. So yeah, we're exactly. our own harshest critics. We have done a, a couple of episodes on imposter syndrome. So mm-hmm. negative self-talk um, definitely ties into that. So I'd love to hear about your practice. So what it stems from, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Jim Fortin. No. You've heard not. of him before? Okay. So he's relatively new on my radar. Um, I actually learned about him from James Wedmore. And Jim Fortin was talking about the idea that we are not our thoughts, but we are the thinker of our thoughts, which let me tell you the first time I heard, I think I had to repeat the section of the podcast like four times. Cause I'm like, what? <laughs> like, I'm okay. I'm not my thoughts. I'm the thinker of my thoughts. You know, what does that mean? And so what Jim was talking about essentially is that we have, we look at what's running through our mind as if we have no control over it. And it just happens. And then because it just happens, we sort of are in this victim state that we can't do anything about it. And so what do we do now? As I'm sure you know, and probably most of your listeners know, when you're thinking that way, it causes you to feel a certain way. And all of a sudden you go down this crazy rabbit hole. If you're doing something new, like launching a new business or even doing something new in your business, then you already have doubt because you're not sure. It's something that you've never done before. And then on top of that, you get this thought pattern that shows up that says, well, who are you to do this? And you can't do this. And we don't have any experience with this. And nobody's going to want to hear about this. And before you know it, you're like full on rocking in the corner, freaking out because this is what's running through your head. And so when Jim Fortin talked about being the thinker of our thoughts, it really struck me to go, hmm, okay, so I'm, I'm more than just this, you know, he calls us a flesh bag, which I think is hilarious, more than just this body that is having these, these passing moments running through our mind that we have no choice over. And we're not subject to what's running between our ears. But if we pay attention and we actually become the observer, so two things, first of all, when you become the observer, you all of a sudden have the power to choose what you want. And second, when you become the observer of it, all of a sudden you learn a lot about yourself. It's really quite interesting and insightful. And you'll find yourself going, huh, okay, that's really interesting. I didn't realize that I thought that way. Yes, absolutely. Brooke Castillo from the Life Coach School has a similar sort of philosophy. And yeah, mm. the first time I, I heard that, I went, oh, wow. And yeah, it really is definitely a, a different mindset. But then it also makes sense and empowers you. If you can change the way you think and if you're the thinker as opposed to letting the thoughts happen, that is yes. so powerful. Yes. So the, the practice that I have, which is really simple and we can dig into it a bit deeper, is first of all, recognizing that we're not just this, you know, hapless subject of our thoughts happening. We actually have a choice in what we get to think about. Now, 
the part that I, I know I wrestled with, with for quite some time was that thoughts happen so fast mm-hmm. and that a thought will pop up sort of out of nowhere. And that's the part that makes us feel like we have no control over them. When I learned about this idea that we are not our thoughts, but the thinker of our thoughts, it got me to start paying attention. So Jim Fortin talks about that his practice is to pay attention when he feels bad. I pay attention when something all of a sudden is like, oh, where did that come from? Or if I'm about to do something, whether it's something new or something that I'm a little bit nervous about, pay very close attention in those moments, what's coming up in my head. And if I have something that comes up that's like, you know, we can't afford to do this, or we're not, who do we think we are to do this? Or you're crazy, you've never done this before, this is a silly thing, then that is a trigger for me now to go, oh, okay, just a moment, this is a thought that I'm having. And so the practice is, it's really simple. And I would recommend, you might look crazy for a little while, but that's okay. I do it at home, which is really great. And I, so far, my boyfriend hasn't heard me. But <laughs> when I have those thoughts, I will literally say out loud, hmm, okay, this is the thought that I'm having. The thought that I'm having is, I'm not smart enough to do this. Well, if I'm the thinker of my thoughts, I can either choose to continue down that line or I can choose a different thought. So if I, if I actively choose to continue down that line, I know it's not going to serve me. However, because I'm the thinker of my thoughts and I get to choose, what would be a different thought that I could choose in this moment? Where I found it to be extremely powerful is any thoughts that come up around money. And this is where I think it really has deep value. I have I've yet to meet a person in real life that doesn't have, you know, moments of going, oh my gosh, we can't afford that, or how am I going to be able to do that? And so a very simple one is, you know, if you're, let's say, for example, you're looking at the amount of money you have in your bank account, and you're looking at the bills that you have to pay. For a lot of us, the thought is, I don't have money to pay these bills, and I can't afford this, and I'm broke, and where's it all going to come from? And you go down this rabbit hole of like freaking out. But if you catch that moment and realize, okay, just a minute, I get to be a thinker of my thoughts. Like I said, it's important to talk out loud. I will say out loud. Even if reality shows right now, the physical numbers in my bank account and the physical requirements of these bills, they don't add up. That's okay. That's just the reality right now. And the reality that is right now is something that I've created from past actions and past thoughts. So I can continue to think the way that I always have, which will only perpetuate the situation. I can choose to feel badly about this. I can choose to think that I'm a huge failure about this. I can choose to think that I'm never going to get out of it about this. Or because I get to be the thinker of my thoughts, I can choose to look at this differently and say, okay, this reality is a result of how I've thought in the past. If I want to create a new reality, what would be a different way of thinking about it? I know it sounds ridiculously simple and it's like, well, it can't possibly be that easy, but it is that easy. And if you talk, talk it through out loud, you have the benefit of hearing yourself speak. And the wonderful thing about that is that when you say things that are like, we think things without really paying attention to them that are crazy. But if we pay attention to them and we start saying them out loud, all of a sudden we're like, well, I would never think that. That sounds ridiculous. Then you bring awareness to it. And as soon as you bring that awareness, then you have the opportunity to change your thinking. Perfect. That thought interrupter as well, because you're hearing it. So you would think there's no way I would do that. And you certainly wouldn't say it to anybody else. So the mm-hmm. fact that you're hearing it is just a, a pattern interrupter. And that sometimes is enough. It's all you need. 
So yeah. yeah, absolutely. Our thoughts are so powerful. If we get up in the morning and we're slightly off colour, we can say, okay, this is going to be a really bad day and I'm going to be sick. Or we can get up and go, oh, well, that's all right. Have a glass of water. Let's move on. So mm-hmm. yeah, we definitely do um, become the, the master of our own destiny. And yeah, very much the same with money. And like mm-hmm. you say, it's the, the past thoughts. So um, you go into the next sales meeting going, I'm a total failure, I can't sell for anything. Of course, you're not going to sell anything, whereas if you've just come off three or four really good deals, you're going to be hyped up and, of course, you'll make that deal as well. Mm -hmm. And the other thing it builds is a lot of them have a few weeks or even a month to pay. So you may not have the money to pay that whole lot right now, but Mm -hmm. next week you're expecting a big invoice to come in or the, the week after or... If you've got courses or something, you just need to do a a mini launch and um, get some more customers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like I said, even if you have, and this is where it gets tricky. And this is where I know I've got caught up on it before. When we, when we see something that's coming down the road. So let's say there's an invoice outstanding or a number of invoices outstanding. And you know that when those come in, everything will be okay. If we look at those and say, okay, when these come in, it's all going to be fine. What we're doing is we're actually delaying our current situation. But in doing so, we're still sitting in that negative thought pattern. So now what we're thinking is, well, this future event is going to make things all better. And so I'll just wait until that time to feel better and think better, which, I mean, you're just carrying forward the way you're thinking right now, right? Let me tell you, it is incredibly difficult to do to look at that and say, okay, I know when that comes in that all this is going to be paid and it's going to be okay. It's very difficult to release the attachment to that and to still focus in the moment of saying, okay, again, at this moment right now, this is the reality and I can choose to think this way or that way about it. Or I can choose to delay my joy and, you know, delay and and potentially create more of this same momentum that I'm already sitting in right now that I really don't want to have repeated. Or I can now stop the whole pattern and go, okay, I get to choose what I'm going to think about the situation. And when you choose what you think about it, your emotions will follow with it, right? Now, I will say that when you're feeling really crappy, when you're feeling I was talking about this about my coach today, actually, that when I'm driving in traffic, sometimes you have some bonehead that, you know, pulls a weird stunt and you're cursing at them in traffic. And I said, I used to, the result was always the same. That would happen and it would bother me. What would happen, my reaction would depend depending on what I was going on in that day. If I was having a totally great day, I might just be like, whatever, carry on your merry way. I don't care. If I was already having stresses in the day, then that could be enough to just be like, that's it. Like I'm so done. And that you start yelling at this person. And what I used to do was feel badly about being angry about it. And knowing that I was in that moment, fully giving away my moment of joy to someone else mm-hmm. who doesn't know me and, you know, probably didn't mean it personally. But when I denied that, if I didn't allow that emotion to come through and just sort of ride it out for 30 seconds or so, then that would sit with me. And so when I say to be, you know, to choose your thoughts carefully, to pay attention to what comes up, pay attention in those moments. It doesn't mean pass it off. It doesn't mean, you know, okay, I'm just going to choose to think happy about this because then you're denying the emotion that you have, which isn't healthy either. But what you can do in that moment is go, that guy really ticks me off and I'm going to take the next 30 seconds and just feel angry about it because it just makes me so mad. And so you can, and just like fully let that emotion flow through. And then all of a sudden it's not a big deal and you don't carry it with you. You're not lumping guilt on top of yourself or feeling 
angry or, you know, whatever, miffed in some way that someone has cut you off or whatever it was, but it allows that emotion to flow through. And then you can say, now I felt this emotion. It's allowed to leave my body. And now I can actively choose what my next thought is going to be. And then again, in that time, it's also good to speak out loud. I'm not that I'm a huge proponent for talking to yourself, (laughs) which it sounds like I am. But it is, it is good to actually hear you voice those thoughts because then it stops the crazy rabbit brain that happens and it allows you to see immediately what's going on in your mind. And then when you recognize it, you can go, okay, I feel really angry about this right now. I'm going to feel that way. And then in 30 seconds or a minute, it will go away because emotions can be that quick if we allow them to be. Yeah, that's some great points. And I think talking to yourself is a, a good thing. I mean, you, you get sensible answers when you talk to yourself. So, yes. yeah. <laughs> so that's a very good thing. And I think that's a, a very valid point about letting those emotions out because we think that we have to be happy all the time. Well, there's mm. no possible way you could be happy all the time. Things like that happen, deaths in the family news Mm. affects you, all of those kinds of things. So you do really need to work on those emotions and actually let them out. So, yeah, you have your 30 seconds of, yeah, that that guy really annoyed me and then let it go and then that doesn't have to carry on for the next hour, two hours, three hours and then ruin your whole day. I think Mm -hmm. that's very important to, yeah, let those emotions surface, deal with them and go, okay, 30 seconds is what you've got, move on and then go, all right, he's having a bad day. He's not going to cause me to have a bad day. So very exactly. bad point. Yeah. And I know, I love that you mentioned Brooke Castillo before because she is the first one who actually made it aware to me the idea that, we're, first of all, we're not meant to be happy all the time. As humans, we have the whole range of emotions and it's expected that we're going to feel them. She said, your aim is not to be happy all the time or even 80% of the time or 70% of the time. Go for like 50-50 or 51-49. You know, my concern always was when I'm in that stage of below the line emotions and thought that then all of a sudden on top of those thoughts and emotions was this compounding fear that I'm now creating more of this on top of, you know, already being in whatever this situation was. Now I'm afraid that because I feel this way, I'm going to create more of it. And so that's why when she said that, you know, really our goal is to be sort of 50-50 or like even 51-49, right? You just want to be enough over in the other side that you're not always sitting in negative thoughts, but that it is important that we allow those things to move through. And she also says that negative thoughts are okay. And it's Mm. our connotation of negative thoughts. So if we think that positive thoughts are good and negative thoughts are bad and there's no black and white and they're black and white, there's no grey in between. That's where we're getting wrong. It is okay Mm. to just feel ho-hum and not be totally up. And the other thing, of course, is if you're totally happy and up all the time, you quite often will miss some of those things. So it's a bit of a pendulum effect. If you're too far to one side, you'll miss all the 95% on the other side. If you're too negative, then you'll miss all the 95% of the good. So, yes, mm. I, I like the, the 51-49 to make sure that you are on the positive side but mm. allowing the emotions to, to come and go as they will. And, mm. yeah, don't hold extra baggage on it just because it is raining and you wanted to have a picnic. That, that may not be what you wanted, but that's okay. You, you might be able to find a, a gazebo or a patio or, or somewhere and move your venue and still have a lovely picnic. Yes. Yeah. And it's, 
it, you know, it's so funny that you talk about weather. So I'm in Canada and we are preparing for some massive snowstorm to hit the city. I alpine ski, so I downhill ski all winter. So as soon as like my birthday, my birthday is the end of August and the minute like September 1st hits, I'm already counting down the days to ski season. Whereas everybody else around me is like, stop talking about snow. We don't want it to snow yet. It's only September. But what I, what I realized, it's so fun to observe. Here's a really fantastic way to observe how people think and talk about things and how it changes them in the moment. If you, when weather, especially because there's not a darn thing that we can do to change it. It doesn't matter how much we think about it, how much we talk about it, how much we, you know, want to manifest good weather. There is nothing that we have any control over in terms of what comes out of the sky. But what's really fascinating is to listen to how people talk about it. So this summer for us, for our city was not the nicest summer. We had a lot of rain this summer and I, remember thinking every rainy day how wonderful it was that it was raining because first of all, we live in a semi-arid climate. So normally it's quite dry by August and this year everything was very green and lush. And so every time it rained, I just thought, wow, isn't this amazing? Literally abundance is falling out of the sky. But when you would speak with somebody else that is sort of in that more traditional way of thinking, they're looking at it as like, I can't believe it's raining again and this just sucks and what a crappy summer. And I'm, I'm saying, have you noticed how lush the gardens are? Have you seen how you know, beautiful and bright the flowers have been this year? Have you noticed, how, noticed that everything is green? And all of a sudden they're like, oh, oh yeah, I hadn't really thought about it, but I want it to be sunny. I'm like, well, you get both, right? And so it's a really fascinating way to pay attention to how other people are thinking and, and speaking and just observe and, and play a little bit of devil's advocate and say, well, have you thought about it? That maybe the fact that the snow is a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> and we have a very arid um, climate as well, being in um, southern Western Australia. And yeah, when it rains in summer, I think, oh, I don't have to put the spring on. Woohoo! But yeah. Um, yeah, we're heading towards our, our summer. We're in spring now, so we've got beautiful flowers and fabulous weather. And it's exactly the same thing. Everybody's saying, it's going to be so hot. And I'm going, woohoo, bring it on. I'm the opposite to you. I love the heat. Yeah, but the snow is not my cup of tea, hence, I don't live in Canada or anywhere where we snow. Really looking forward to the warm weather. But I have noticed that this year I'm really enjoying the flowers and the spring. I know that I'm going to change that spring's going to be my favourite over summer, but, yeah, definitely really enjoying it. And as you say, you listen to, to people and they're already complaining about something they can't do anything about and it's still a couple of months off. So they're sitting in that negativity for two or three months when they really don't need to. Mm-hmm. Again, what I want to bring it back to is that it's a perfect example of it's, it's such an arbitrary thing. It's the weather. There's literally nothing we can do about it. But it, the reason that I say it's really good to pay attention to and watch how people talk about it is how much power they give away in that moment. If you're doing any kind of online business where you're launching an online course, this is a perfect example. You're about to start a webinar or some kind of live training and you are sitting full on thinking the cycle of, you know, there, nobody's going to show up. I'm not, I'm going to say something wrong. I'm going to swear by accident. Somebody's going to be angry. Somebody's going to be insulted by what I say. I'm going to forget everything that I was going to talk about, whatever. If you sit there thinking about that, you're worrying about something that hasn't actually happened. But what you're doing is in that moment, you're giving your power away to something that hasn't even showed up yet. Mm. And if it does show up, it's just a beautiful opportunity to show that you're human. 
And what that does, the beautiful thing about that is that people who are listening to you, they get to see that you're actually a real human being, that there's somebody, they don't do it perfectly all the time on the other side of the screen or on the other side of the microphone, that they you know, have these moments of like, oh, that was a totally human moment and that's okay. It's a beautiful way of actually, it builds connection with your audience. It builds connection with the people that you're talking to. I have my first business, what is interior design. And I had so many times that I would go to a client's home, especially the ones that were like in the really nice areas, because I grew up in rural Manitoba. Like I was a farm kid, you know, my nice jeans had no holes in them kind of thing. And so I would go into their home and I would be all in my head about, I'm not good enough. What are they going to think about the clothes that I'm wearing? Or what if I say something wrong or what have you? And this person just wants you to help them with their home because they're embarrassed or what have you about their space. When I come into it as a human, just someone who is there to help, who understands that we all have this range of emotions and that some of them kind of suck then all of a sudden you break down that barrier and it doesn't matter how wealthy they are or not wealthy they are, you're just two human beings speaking with one another. And so when you get out of that negative thought pattern, and that's why it's so important, especially in business, to be aware of it because it sneaks in in the most insidious ways, that when we're aware of it and we actually speak words around it and bring it in front of us and say, oh, that's what I'm thinking right now. Oh my goodness, why would I be thinking that way? You know, again, I get to be the thinker of my thoughts. I get to choose what I think about. Well, if I'm going into this meeting with this client, how would I think about something that would be conducive to a meeting with this client? And that's so true. Um, I was at a business after hours during the week and I spoke to two different people. We're in a a rural town, probably not that different to yours. We've been affected by mining a little bit. People go up north to to go mining. So we've had in the last few years some trouble getting employees or people not wanting to to work here because we can't pay the rates that the the mining pays. But we've had Mm. some new projects come on and the the town's lifting. Actually a city, but we call it a town. It's a big overgrown town. And I was talking to two different people and, and one lady was saying, oh, it's so bad and that half the shops are empty and it's shocking and everything. And she said, oh, how do you find it? And I said, actually, I've been talking to some retail people and with the the spring weather and the nice sunshine, they're saying it's picking up and it's really good. And she mm-hmm. said, oh, really? And I said, well, how's your business going? And she said, oh, not very well. And then I spoke to another lady and she was more on my kind of mindset going, yeah, the, the weather's great. We're getting the customers back in. People are moving to town. It's almost school holidays, so we're going to be having travellers and everything. It's great. And I said, well, how's your business going? She says, oh, it's flourishing. We're coming up to Christmas. This is my prime season. Everything's great. And it Mm -hmm. was just the two different mindsets and the way that they were talking that made all the difference. And of course, I didn't stay with the negative one for terribly long. I Mm -hmm. uh, had to excuse myself and find somebody else to talk to because, yeah, if you let other people's negativity affect your own mindset, then you'll be pulled down in their downward spiral. So it's Mm -hmm. definitely a lot to do with self-talk. And I think in something that I have been learning (laughs) over the years is the moments when things are in, I'm giving air quotes here, in a downturn, where it seems like everything's going just not the direction that, that the economy wants. You can also look at it as this really fantastic opportunity. So when I started my design business five years ago, literally I started it within about a week or two of the oil crashing. And the city that I live in, is heavily invested in oil. So we lost 100,000 jobs in like a couple of months. And I was starting a brand new business and interior design is not 
you know, it's, it's not a requirement it, in, a, in a lot of ways. It's a luxury. But I remember thinking, if I can get through this, if I can make it through this, then when it comes back, I'm just totally set up for success. And the interesting thing is that it hasn't come back. It's, it's been four going on five years of a lot of stress in the economy. Um, but my business is still growing and it's gotten to the point now where I'm launching the second business where now I'm saying, okay, obviously what I'm doing is working. And so now I want to make this whole launch process, building a business so much easier for somebody else because it doesn't have to be hard. We can choose to make it hard. That's totally fine. Or we can look for ways to make it easier. And usually the way to make it easier is to stand on the shoulders of somebody else. Absolutely. And if you learn from their mistakes, you won't have to make them yourselves in a, a lot of instance. It's interesting um, perception like that. I used to have a client who was a beautician. She's since retired. And it was the same thing. The GFC had come along and things were dropping a bit. And obviously beauty works is quite a luxury as well. And she was saying that she was booming because mm. the, the top end ladies, the wealthy ladies, weren't going on holidays. So because they weren't going on holidays, they were thinking, well, I need something to, to make me happy. So they were buying jewellery and they mm. were getting their beauty works done locally. So mm -hmm. her business in that period actually was doing exceptionally well. Right. The travel agents probably weren't quite so well, but everybody's um, a bit cyclic. So sometimes when you, you think it's going to be really bad, it's just a case of thinking outside the box and thinking, how can you add value to your service? And yeah, it doesn't have to be that negative spiral that sometimes people get themselves into. Mm -hmm. And it's, I think from a business perspective, very important to remember that people remember how you make them feel. And so, you know, bringing it back to the idea of negative thought, if so that woman that you saw at the networking event, if you're in that thought pattern of, it's just not going well and nothing that I seem to be doing is working and it's, you know, you, you stay in that pattern, you project that out. Whereas if you can take that moment and again, go through that exercise of going, I'm the thinker of my thoughts. What thought do I choose to have about this right now? If you're at a networking event, maybe go do it in the bathroom. <laughs> but what you do is that you can then realign yourself to be someone that people want to be around, someone that people want to work with. It's, it's so funny. I was just speaking with a coaching client today about getting their business started and bring those first few clients through the door. And we were brainstorming a few options, but I said to her, I said, when you go and you meet with that client, you give them so much value and you do everything you can to make sure that they have an amazing session with you and you build that trust with them. Because that is what people remember. Even though, like I said, the city that I'm in has been struggling there's been work coming through the door. Has it been gangbusters? No, but it has been steadily growing. Considering I knew like 15 people when I started my business, you know, it's, it's been moving along. And always what I look at across my clients, it's the kind of person that I bring in. There isn't a lot of like necessarily correlation between them, but when I look at the kind of person, they're heartfelt people. They're people who want to be recognized just as a human being. You know, it's not about having status or having whatever, but you know, how do I come when I walk through the door? How do I treat them? How do I leave them feeling? And that's really when you, when you are in control and paying attention to what you're thinking about and being able to be in that moment of like, I'm here to serve and I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that this person has an amazing experience. That's what brings people back. That's why those women, I'm sure, would comes back to that beautician's parlor because they're like, I feel amazing when I come here. I feel great when I leave. It's a wonderful experience and I can go on vacation in a year or two. 
And that's exactly it. Connection is becoming the, the new buzzword again. We're, we've almost gone full circle. We've gone from being the, the mar and pass shop where everybody knows your name and everybody in the town knows everything about you to almost invisible and now mm. we're wanting that connection again. So, yeah, treating people like actually people and not numbers and not having everything automated is becoming a, a huge big thing and the, the new new in uh, marketing. So it's really interesting to see that we've mm -hmm. gone full circle. So this has been a very positive chat about a negative topic. So that's great. So we could chat about this all day. but So we're up to the final five. So I ask all my guests, Five final questions. So are you up for it, Amy? Yeah, hit me. Okay. What is the best advice given to you by a mentor? So it would be two. One is the one I mentioned already about the 49, 51%. And the other was um, just to be aware of where I'm creating attachment. Okay. Can you explain that a bit more? Yes. I talked about this a bit earlier. When we're thinking about something coming in, I know for myself, can't speak for everybody, I create an attachment around that. Or if there's something that I want to have, that I'm creating, an, I'm immediately creating an emotional attachment around that. And then when, if it doesn't come through, then I've set myself up to have this, you know, whole emotional downside out of it. But if I can somehow figure out how to not have the attachment, then if it comes through, it's just a moment to celebrate. And if it doesn't come through, it's okay as well. It takes a lot of practice, but that is, uh, that was, that's a big change. That's something that I'm still practicing every day, but that was a big change for both for my businesses and for um, my personal life as well. Perfect. Okay. What is the biggest help you've received since starting your business? When I first began my design business five years ago, I didn't know very many people in the city. And I think through a networking event, sort of a roundabout way, ended up getting connected to another interior designer. Now, I'm not sure about interior designers in Australia, but interior designers in Calgary, in Canada, can be a little catty. <laughs> so I was connected to this person um, who has a very robust business. And was very similar to me. And so I approached her, I said, you know, would you be open to mentoring me through growing my business? Knowing full well that most of the people that I would approach would say, no, I'm not interested because they just see you as competition. And she said yes. And she had been instrumental in moving through a lot of things in the design business. And a lot of what I learned from her and the mentoring that she gave me is how I've built this new business, the second business. That was just the most amazing. Every day I'm just, I, can't, I almost can hardly believe that she would have just given away information like she did. She shared, she shared things like how she prices jobs and she was there to bounce off. I had a contractor that was driving me crazy and I didn't know what to do. And so she helped me through things like that. She helped me figure out things like how to deal with difficult clients or when things go off the rails a little bit, how you can move through those things. And I am so grateful for her. She's been really amazing. Wonderful. That would be invaluable. Okay, mm -hmm. what is the one thing that you have to do every day? Your non-negotiable. Meditate every day. Excellent. What is your favorite business book and why? Oh, there's so many. I need to pick one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got to give you two. Okay, two is fine. It's going to sound weird because they're not business books. The Code of the Extraordinary Mind, Vishen Lakhani. The second one is Atomic Habits. I think the author is James Clear. And the reason that those are my go-to business books is that the code of the extraordinary mind gets you thinking beyond just where you're at. In business, you need to be thinking beyond. If you want to stay ahead of the game and you want to grow your business, you need to be thinking beyond just what's happening right now. And Atomic Habits, I, I actually only read about a month ago, and I, 
it just came up. It came up so often, was recommended so often. I thought, okay, I got to read this book and see what it's about. And I kept thinking it was, you know, how to stop chewing your nails or something. But it is the most fascinating book that is all about, um, it's about creating habits, but he goes deeper into what habits actually are. And when you begin to read it and understand what he's talking about, it can literally be a game changer in your business and in your life. Wonderful. Okay. And what do you wish you had known when you started out? That it would be way harder than I thought it would be. (laughs) (laughs) One of our guests said that she wouldn't have started if she hadn't known what it was going to be like. So I think I still, yeah, I think I still would have started, but I think I would have been a bit more prepared for what was to come. (laughs) I would have stocked up on Kleenexes or something. Excellent. Well, this has been a wonderful chat and like I say, very positive on a negative subject. So thank you so much, Amy. So how can people find you? If you're on Instagram, you can find me at I Dare to Begin. Perfect. And we'll add those mm-hmm. to the show notes. Thank you very much, Amy. And thank you for being part of the SBT community. It's been my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Next week's episode will be episode 100. I can hardly believe it. So I hope you'll be able to join us for that one as well. So stay safe, stay well, and have a wonderful new year. Don't forget to subscribe to Small Business Talk podcast and head on over to smallbusinesstalk.com.au forward slash downloads for all the show notes and links to this episode. Remember, to be great, you must start. Pick one tip from today's episode, take action and implement it. Let's meet again next week at the same time and place. Until then, take action and SBT community, enjoy your journey.